everybody. I have a little housekeeping or tiny little informative thing that I want to tell you about before you get into this week's episode. I am going to do a fundraiser for our water protectors who are protecting the water right now. I'm going to do it Angie Fatal style. So I'm going to have a link to my Venmo in this week's episode. And if you want to give money that way, or if you don't feel comfortable giving money that way, I'm going to look for a way for you to give directly to people that are on the front lines right now. But if you're just like, I don't want to do the research, I'm not sure where it should go, you can Venmo me money and I will make sure it gets to the right place. Because if I can't find it, I'm going to ask around the people that I know that are activists and see where they are giving their money, where they're giving their resource, where they're giving their resources. But anyway, I just want you to pay attention to that and go to the show notes and and then either give to me or give yourself, um, you know, out out there. I really appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that's passionate about social justice and caring about our world. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. You can hear my dogs barking in the background because somebody's walking by our house. (laughs) So... (laughs) This is life. You might hear my daughter talking to a friend on FaceTime, (laughs) but we're doing what we're doing. Um, I am on the unceded land, the traditional village sites of the Multnomah, Wasco, Callitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, and Malala. And many other tribes that made their homes along the Columbia River. Um, I am going to do something that I hope all of you will join me in. I'm going to do a fundraiser. So if you're listening to this and you want to kick down some money through Venmo, in in the show notes I'll have my Venmo. I would really like to raise some money for um, what's going on in the Willow River in the Mississippi watershed um, and the people that are risking their lives and their well-being for the sake of our drinking water and fish and we are all dependent on water. If you want to think of water like spirit or like spiritual practice. For me, that's a good way to look at it when I'm in old growth forest and I feel that oxygen and that support. Um, There isn't anything like that in in the world because we've destroyed most of them. And water, like trees, is essential to our well-being. So if you can think, man... I I really need a spiritual practice. Um, The church blew out mine, and I can't find a way to connect anymore. 
look at some running water. Go back to last week's podcast and think about a river near you or a stream near you and how dependent everything is on that stream. Not just the fish and the the plants that live on the edge of that water source or the plants that live in that water source. Everything from tadpoles to frogs to things that you can't see with your naked eye. And then where that water goes, everything that water touches is dependent on that. So if I think of myself and I think of what I want my spiritual practice to look like, this might be a stretch, but it occurred to me if I look at it like moving water and everything that water has given me. Because like you found out last week, that is my place. That's my that's my place where I go to get peace, where I go to let go, where I go to breathe. Winter, spring, summer, fall. And it sustained me. And I think spiritual practices are sort of like that, or spirit, whatever you think spirit is. I'm not talking about, um, you know, the Christian idea of spirit. But if that works for you, then then go with that. Or any other spirit. When I think of spirit, I think of something that is living and moving. And whether you can see it or not, it is present. And it surrounds and infuses and pushes past. And it is beyond us. And it's beyond what we can see or control or capture and when somebody who has ulterior motives or not the most kind or caring motives sees that often they want to destroy it or they don't understand it and much like our water sources (laughs) big business is trying to do the same thing so I'm going to spend the week kind of meditating on what it means to think about spirit. And for me, spirit is still connected to what I was able to understand as a child and how I connected to Christianity. And if you want to understand more about that, you can go to my first season because I really get into like how how I can still maintain some of my Christian beliefs, whatever that even means. I don't even know anymore. Having grown up in the way I grew up in a fundamental fundamentalist, um, evangelical, charismatic household. But the cliff notes of that is because I'm a sensitive person and because I I think ultimately I have such a connection to the unseen and nature and and all of those things spoke to me as a child and I was so close to fantasy and mystery and the things that you can't explain like a lot of children are that Jesus and the Holy Spirit 
have not been destroyed for me. And the way that I look at the Holy Spirit or spirit or creator or whatever doesn't look like maybe a lot of Christians would think it should look like. It would probably, they would think my practice is more pagan. And I could give two shits. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is I'm going to meditate on spirit and spirit, spirit and water and water and life. Because so every part of our life is intertwined. It's wrapped up in each other. It's wrapped up in the way we live, the way we treat plants, the way we treat each other, the way we treat our environment, whether we have expendable cash and power or we don't. It's the way we are in the world. And so I want to meditate on that this week. And I want to raise money to support those people that are defending that river. And if you want to know more about that, I'll put some... I've done that before. Um, I'm sure there's like a donate here and I'll try to find that where you can donate. Or if you want to just donate money through my Venmo, I will do that research and I will get that money to them because it's really important to me, much like um, Standing Rock. If I can't be there physically, then what can I do with what I have to support the people that are there defending it or can go and support those that are on the front lines? Okay, (laughs) today. Um, I always say it's going to be short, and then it never is. So I'm going to say it's going to be short today, and we'll see how it goes. But I wanted to talk to you about something that um, I've been thinking about today and um, really wrestling with a little bit. So a little background Growing up, um, I was considered very sensitive, and that was not considered a good thing. (laughs) That was considered, you're oversensitive, you're too much, and um, pretty much the world is going to chew you up and spit you out, and what good are you? And if you have grown up with that, um, or with just that feeling, um, maybe this will resonate with you. So just being sensitive, which really was um, (laughs) downloaded as you're too much uh, into my brain. Um, I have learned ways of kind of keeping that beautiful thing about me alive while also wrestling with the burden of that and how that's communicated to other people and how that's exposed me, how that's put me in situations that I felt vulnerable or unsafe um, or just people's people wanting to take advantage of that. Okay, so... Fast forward to today. 
I think a word that is thrown around a lot is, um, and I'm not against the word. I just think sometimes words lose power when they get, you know, tossed back and forth and then they become catchphrases and then the people that actually have to live with that sometimes don't know where to put themselves anymore. And then for some people it's like, oh my gosh, that that answers so many questions I had about myself. One of those words or phrases for me is empath. And um, a few years ago, you know, I started spending time with people and noticing that just about every conversation I was in, somebody would say, well, yeah, I'm an empath. So xyz or oh yeah I totally understand that I'm an empath and I was like okay well what does that even mean and it doesn't matter my experience is it didn't really help me so if it helps you to call yourself an empath if that helps you find your way in the world awesome I am not dissing that at all for me I think what was better or what I'm kind of working through right now is unpacking what's under empath. And what's under empath for me is I'm sensitive. And what's under sensitive for me is that is not a bad thing. That is, for lack of a better word, that is my superpower. And so if I take for me, empath, out of the conversation, and I look at the word sensitive, and I go, what does that mean for me? Then I can go, I need to redeem that word because somebody else fucked up that word for me. Somebody else cursed that word. You know, it's like in Princess Bride where, (laughs) um, you know, she comes out and the for all of you who have seen it, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. And it's very old. It's what we were allowed to watch in youth group. All of you youth group survivors out there. She comes out in the most beautiful blue gown. And it's a dr- she's having a dream. She walks out in this beautiful blue gown. And when I saw that movie for the first time, I was like, that is the most beautiful dress I've ever seen. And then this old kind of hag starts screaming at her, like cursing her and calling her pubescence and putrescence or so. I don't even know. But basically she's cursing her. So that's what I mean. Like that word sensitive, because the people that I was around couldn't handle me, they turned that word into a curse instead of going, okay, here's your assets. You love people. You feel the pain of other people. Sometimes to the point where you go up to strangers in the airport that look sad and offer them compassion. And they look at you like you're fucking crazy. Yes, I have done that. Or where when you don't do it, aka when I don't do it, I feel the weight of that person's pain, whether they've spoken to me about their pain or not. If somebody could have held that sensitivity or empath, empathic nature with me and said, okay, here's your assets, 
this is beautiful and we need a world full of people that can feel that and reach out to people in pain or at least acknowledge it and you know and here's where it could cause you pain and here's where you have to start to learn okay I, I'm feeling this right now but is this a safe situation for me to get involved in and what else can I do rather than talk to strangers or get involved in situations where I don't need to get involved in how can I still acknowledge the pain or even sometimes city pain or area pain and not necessarily get involved in it and also learn to let it go. So there's the, we see your sensitivity as a gift and a superpower. And here's the things that you have to learn to live with that gift. And that's what I want to redeem for myself. Okay, so today I got up early and I took my niece to the archery range and it was a great morning. She, if you get on my Instagram, you can see her nailing the center of her target that she's been working on that the last two um, archery sessions that we've had and she hit it the last shot of our teaching today she nailed her target in the center and it was amazing and then we were talking to a guy up there who's a nerd like we are and we were talking about all this stuff anyway great morning came home still feeling really good you know I'm off of a four-day backing backpacking trip with my friend Tamara so how can anything be bad (laughs) and I felt really good and then Todd and I went and had breakfast together and then I took him to the train station came home I was doing some work Brennan and I were gonna go get some groceries everything felt good got to Trader Joe's grocery store here got in we're walking around we're talking we're laughing and then all of a sudden like in the center of my chest I felt this weight and I wouldn't call it a panic attack because I I caught me off guard at first and I was like what is going on I just felt this deep sorrow in me that wasn't mine and then I I kept like oh my god in my head and, and probably I was whispering to myself I'm like what's going on this feels this does not feel good and maybe five minutes into kind of walking down the aisle Brennan was off in another part of the store getting her friend's birthday present and all of a sudden I remembered what Resma talks about in my grandmother's hands I know you guys I mention Resma all the time because I am a total fangirl for him he has, he's, he's saved my life and he will never know. And so I'm feeling that sensitivity, that empathic nature in myself rise up in me. And I'm kind of, the waves are hitting me. And I don't really know what to do. And then I remember Resma talking about before you go into a place, 
try to calm yourself down and breathe. And so the places that you go, you can bring calm. At least you're calm. And as you bring that calm with you, calm is contagious, just like stress and anger and all of that in a, in a situation can be contagious. And so I remembered that. And just a side note, I love Resma, and I am not even close to being an expert in the stuff he talks about. And a lot of the stuff I forget about, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I forget that I could just breathe a little bit, and then before I go into a place, you know, bring calm with me. So, not perfect practicing. (laughs) And so I remembered that, and in that moment, standing in the coffee aisle, I just took a few deep breaths and kind of spoke to myself and said, okay, we're going to bring calm here. We're going to bring peace here. I bring peace with me. I carry peace with me. I am bringing calm with me. And you guys, there was nobody being weird in there, which I have experienced before. There was nobody like, that I felt icky and nervous about, nobody trying to cross a boundary with me. There was something in the air. And I don't know what it was. It could be that um, Portland's homeless population has quadrupled at least um, since the pandemic and we're headed into another heat wave and there's not enough water and there's maybe not enough cooling stations and um, I found out yesterday that our COVID cases have skyrocketed and um, we're one of the worst places for hospital beds in the United States Um, and this is with um, 70% of the population vaccinated it could be any of those things could be none of those things and it doesn't really matter because regardless of what's going on I want to bring calm or I can bring calm for myself and for the people around me and that moment just got me thinking about the things we say to ourselves or the things that people have said to us that have either stunted our growth or left us feeling like instead of you know, empathic nature being a superpower, it just leaves you a victim. Or instead of, you know, my sensitivity for others and our world being a superpower, you know, it's a burden to other people and a burden to me, which, you know, sometimes it is a burden. But I don't want to be a different person and I'm not at the mercy of my sensitivity. If I'm trying to stay present and notice and also just acknowledge that sometimes that stuff hits you and it is gut-wrenchingly sad and I want to feel that. I don't want to stop myself from feeling it even if the feelings are overwhelming. And I don't want you to protect yourself so much that you stop yourself when the feelings are overwhelming or 
what I want from you for you is for you to be able to get to the place where it feels more like a superpower than a burden. And I know that takes time. And sometimes it'll feel like all of those things. It is a superpower. It is a burden. It's fucked up. It leaves you exhausted and feeling like you're at the mercy of everything around you. But one of the things that I have learned, um, kind of making peace with this way that I am, that a lot of people don't know, because I've had to protect myself and I'm trying to let, with the, with the work that I'm doing with my therapist, I'm trying to let the last of that shield down. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go around looking for danger or looking for, you know, things to solve for other people or exposing myself to things that I don't need to expose myself. It just means I'm trying to tell my inner child that she doesn't have to protect me anymore, that I've got it, that she's safe. And if you don't have that yet, that's okay. It, it takes time. I'm, I'm going to be 51 and I'm, I'm letting this stuff go. And I thought, you know, just like a lot of other things, I thought I was a lot farther along than in this particular area than I am. And that's okay too, because I see it now and now I can work on it. And that's what happens when we start to see these things in ourselves. We can easily go into shame or what's my problem or why am I so dense that I can't see the obvious instead of, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of us are going to do that sometimes. All of us are going to do that sometimes. But what I want us to get to is a leaning in where we can go, yes, I I wish I was farther along. I wish I wasn't always exhausted after encountering emotional upheaval or pain. But I'm not, and that's okay. Because I'm working to let that stuff go. I'm working to towards noticing and then going, okay, I see that I'm agitated right now because the pain of the world or, you know, the pain of our heating up planet or our water or forest fires in Montana and everywhere else and things not being equal for everybody and I'm going to work to being more present and breathing into that stuff and doing what I can when I can and letting it go when I can't picking it back up and going, can I do anything right now? Except for sit in the knowledge that the world is fucked up and I don't want to be a part of the fucked upness. So I'm going to work towards untangling my white supremacy, my, you know, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to do all the things that I can to grow. But your empathy, your empathetic nature, your sensitivity, your ability to mourn with those that mourn and 
weep with those that weep and grieve and rend your clothes and care, give a shit, is the most beautiful thing that you can be in this world that is callous. And I, I just want you to know that because I'm telling myself the same thing and it's another place in me that I have to put back together. I have to redeem. I have to break the curse of. I have to say that's bullshit. This is a gift. And I will live into it as a gift. Because the world needs people living into the caring and the calm and the peace and the love and the giving a shit. The world needs more of that. Before I let you go, I want to lead you through a sensitive person or an empath's meditation. Okay, the first thing I want you to do Wherever you are at is shake out the angst. Here's some ways that you can do that. You can do the 25 butterfly taps. And then the breath until you kind of feel the calmness. You can literally just shake your hands, which I'm doing. Putting my hands in front of me and just shaking. You can punch the air. You can dance around. You can wiggle your body. You can just do this, which is like my shoulders up and down. Whatever gets the angst out for you. So I want you to do that. Okay. Now, I like choose your own adventure meditation. If it works better for you to go on a walk, if it works better for you to sit in your backyard, If it works better for you to lay on your bed, if it works better for you to have your feet firmly planted on the floor, do what works better for you. And if you're not sure, do all of those and then decide and switch it up. It's a choose your own adventure meditation. I'm going to lead this as you are sitting upright in a chair with your feet firmly planted on the floor. So if you were to look at me, I'm sitting straight up in my chair, in my office. My feet are firmly planted on the floor. I can feel the coolness of the cement flooring in our basement, and my hands are on the tops of my knees. And I'm going to take a few deep breaths and kind of let my shoulders rise and fall. As you do this, as you breathe in and out, I want you to feel your shoulders lift 
and your ribs expand. to have my eyes shut. I know that some people prefer to have their eyes um, kind of halfway closed. Again, whatever's comfortable for you. As your ribs are expanding and your shoulders are lifting, I want you to go to the place, the space between your ribs. That space, that hollow space when your ribs are expanded and just notice that space as it gets larger and larger as your breath expands and releases. And as you notice that space I want you to look at that space like your sensitive spot. And that sensitivity is expanding and growing as you breathe in. And as you continue to breathe, think of that space like a muscle that you are building your capacity to love and care and feel. It's not a weakness. It doesn't have to overwhelm you. You can stop when it's too much. And you can choose to tap out this time. As you continue to breathe in and out, I want you to go to the place where you hold the most tension. For some of you, that's your skull, the front of your head, where your temples and your eyes are, your jaw. For some of you, it's the back of your neck, your shoulders or neck and shoulders. For some of you, it's all the way down your spinal cord. Maybe for some of you, you hold that tension, that grief, that wrestle with empathy or being an empath in your belly. Maybe for some of you, you also hold it in your feet. You know where you hold it. And if you're not sure, check in with your body as you continue to breathe and open that space up. Where do you feel tension? I normally hold tension.
tension in my neck and my shoulders, but right now I'm feeling it directly between my shoulder blades down my spine. So I'm going to focus on where I'm feeling it. And as I notice it, and as you notice it, just remind yourself you're going to be okay. That you get to choose when to feel. You get to decide when it's too much. And you get to tell your body you need to take a break. And if it feels good to you, Go to that spot for me in the center of my back between my shoulder blades and just on the out breath, practice letting it go and releasing that stress. If you need to move your body a little bit, flex your toes and your feet, wiggle your ankles, put your hands on your belly. Move your head right to left and around the front. Massage your temples. Open your mouth and wiggle your jaw. Just say, if you want to, I'm going to let go of that stress. I'm going to let go of the weight of the world. For right now in this moment. I'm going to try to not let it overwhelm my body and my nervous system, much like my dog in the hallway. And just visualize your body letting it go. For the last three breaths, I just want you to love yourself. I'm going to put my hands on my heart in that middle place. That's like where my heart space feels like. It's like right in the center of my chest between my breasts. It's like right there is where I feel that pressure for the world and the sorrow and where I tend to feel the overwhelm. I'm just going to thank my body, my child self, all of me for allowing myself to still feel after all of this. Thank you for still feeling. You may not be at that place right now, and if you're not, that's okay. You can just thank yourself that you're still here because I'm thankful that you're still here. And when you feel ready, return to the room. Maybe wiggle a little bit. That 
that felt good. You can return to that whenever you want or never. (laughs) Whatever feels good to you, I want you to do. And I want you to know that you are not too much. That this world needs people of compassion. And people of compassion that do compassion that let that compassion compassion move them into care of other people not what the world is telling you that you need to care about what you feel passionate about that's where the sustainability is and you can challenge yourself You can test the waters. That's what I want you to do anyway. Test the waters with stuff. Like, we we can't be compassionate necessarily about everything all the time. That's leaving yourself wide open to emotional fatigue. Compassion fatigue. But we can go, okay, today, I'm going to let myself feel compassion and love and send that out into the world or to my friend that I know is struggling or to the homeless and I'm going to make eye contact with a homeless person or I'm going to bring water with me in my car I'm going to bring snacks with me in my car whatever your pocketbook and capacity allows you to do maybe you're Maybe you have cash to burn and you want to give to causes. Research those things and see how they spend their money and give money to people and organizations that need it. And take care of yourself because the world, I think, would tell you, one, that you're too much and at the same time you're not doing enough. And then what do we do with that bullshit? So you are not too much and you can do what you can only do what you can do take care of yourself remember who you are you are worth knowing you are worth loving you are worth being in this world I'm going to say that again because I want it to go into that spot inside of you you are worth knowing you are worth loving You are worth being in this world, and I love you. Please take care of yourself, and thank you for listening.